Hello, and this is another Lessons from the Battlefield. I'm Ben. I'm Tori. And um, just like we do every week, we talk about different aspects of what it means to live as a mighty man or woman, um, similar to those that were under David in the Old Testament, but living that way in today's culture and world and how that reflects and what that should look like and as we're just navigating life together in those roles under God. Yeah. Um, and today we, we really wanted to discuss was just talk about marriage. Yeah. Um, mighty, mighty men have mighty marriages. Mm -hmm. And so um, we wanted to talk about a little bit about um, David's multiple marriages um, in a culture back then where you, the men had multiple spouses off, right. uh, often enough. Um, David had a, had, had a few and um, had his pros and his cons. Obviously, we know that one of the greatest sins that's ever recorded for David in the Bible is his adultery with another man's wife. Right. But she ends up becoming his wife later. And God heals that whole yeah. situation and yeah. heals that relationship and produces the next king of Israel from it. Yeah. And so um, regardless of what we feel about that, we, we all have our own personal failures, some of us major ones. Yeah. God still viewed David as a man after his own heart, yeah. knowing David was going to do that sin before he was even born. Yeah. So I think if, if just, if you're listening and you either, you know, we're, we're just going to be really upfront and transparent and honest with this. Mm -hmm. It's that um, we are <laughs> by no means using this as a platform to preach at. Um, we have personally been through, divorce and affairs and mm -hmm. um man have we learned the hard way what truly marriage should look like just you know as god intends but just in general right what just choosing uh, what it means to actually choose a person mm -hmm. um, and be committed to them and what that looks like and how you have to actually steward that and fight for that and uh and we just are look i'm just sitting here as i look at my husband just talking to you guys and just realizing like I'm so thankful now that we are able to have a marriage and we're able to be together mm. and um you know we have our moments but yeah. I'm so thankful that I get to do this with you and so we want you if you're listening to be encouraged no matter where you're at with if you're single married on the rocks divorced like we hope that just by talking through this today you know you're not alone you know mm. Um, we want you to be encouraged. We want you to to find um, God's heart for you wherever you're at, literally in this moment. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, really a good place to start, like we always do when we talk about these, when we do these lessons from the battlefield, is to look at David and the mighty men. And we don't know a lot about mighty men's relationships other than the fact that many of them had families. Yeah. Um, we know that from from a few accounts in in the Old Testament, um, but you, we don't have a lot of record in terms of their personal lives and who their wives were and who, you know, how their relationships looked. Yeah. Um, but we do get a lot of insights in into David's married life um, with Michal and with Abigail and later with Bathsheba. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, a lot of accounts there, 1 Samuel 18. First uh, Samuel twenty five, Second Samuel eleven. Um, look those up when you get a chance to get an example of what we're talking about here. But um, it's funny because when David, da obviously David, like I mentioned a minute ago, David's you know 
whole thing with Bathsheba. She was uh, another man's wife, uh, one of the mighty men, actually. So he didn't just commit adultery. He betrayed a friend. This yeah. guy, like, served the king, viewed David as his mentor, kind of. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he betrayed that. But, but outside of that event, David is never, never recorded anywhere that David was ever unfaithful to his wives. Right. Outside of that event. And there was a lot of honor. What you do see a lot of the time is there's a lot of there was a lot of honor between him and Abigail. Yeah. It's a really um, good story. Really good story. Um between him and Michal, even. Um, I mean, when David goes to become king, he he asked for Michal back. Yeah. Saul had married her off to another man. And he's like, I want my wife back. Yeah. And you know, and she comes back to him. They go and get her and bring her back. And her current husband's crying behind her the whole way back. It's a, it's, it's just a just a messed up story, <laughs> yeah. honestly. But there's a there was a value there for with him that I think we I think goes unnoticed a lot. I think when we talk a lot about David, we don't ever really pass up. We don't really we don't we don't really take the time to look at his his situations in terms of marriage. We usually pass that stuff up. Yeah, and and usually I think the stuff with him and Bathsheba tend to throw a like dark shadow. Everything yeah, else. over all that stuff. Yeah, you know, and where we just look at it quickly as well. He, you know, he was a dog. He yeah. was in, you know what I mean. He he was, you know, he cheated and blew it, and blew it, and and that's it. And we just put a nice little bow on that. Yeah. And we all know that who, those of us out there that have been in marriages, those of us who have been through divorces, we all know that that's not how life works. Mm -mm. You can't just tie a little neat, neat little bow on something and no. label it with one thing and move on. There's a whole lot of stuff going on with right. that stuff. And, and um, you know, if David was labeled by God as a man after his own heart, that means that David had a view of marriage that God would have a marriage. Right. Absolutely. I mean, Solomon... His son was, was, you know, blessed by God to be the wisest man ever mm -hmm. on the earth outside of Jesus. And Solomon had some pretty intense things to say about the woman he loved in Song of Solomon. Yeah. And a lot of that was downloaded from the Holy Spirit because he had wisdom. Yeah. A lot of it was prophetic. Yeah. God, like, using Solomon's love for his wife as a, as a prophetic tool to be like, this is how I see my church. This is how I view the bride. Yeah. It's like but that some of that, intense. But yeah. some of that, too, was taught by his dad. Yeah. Because in the first few chapters of Proverbs, Solomon mentions being mentored by his father. Yeah. And he, the things he, his father said to him. So much of a legacy yeah. that was left through yeah. that. Yeah, and I think David instilled yeah. that in his son. Yeah. And I, I think... Um, we know for a fact that there was a deep bond between David and Bathsheba the rest of David's life. Yeah. Bathsheba was in the throne room with him till he died. I mean, he, he there was a there was a deep connection there. It wasn't this fling and they got they, they got exposed and they blew it and you know what I mean and then he moves on and they don't talk to each other again. He he had he had her by his side yeah, the rest like of his he, life. Yeah, they he send God called him on it. He owned up to it, mm -hmm. and he was like, "Man, what do I have to do to just be to to get to you know to the, be right to in be God's right eyes? In your yeah. eyes, mm -hmm. the son, his son's taken, and yeah. and David's like, it's crazy the way it's recorded, but it's kind of like I'm really paraphrasing. It's like I get it. I uh, this is terrible, but okay, Lord, like 
I trust you essentially. Mm -hmm. And then he owns up and moves on. And what an example of like, like this is what it means to truly be surrendered to God. Like we he, he God never asks us for perfection. That's not the reality. That's impossible. That's what religion teaches us. But like, that's what marriage is. It's like, mm -hmm. I, I think I've learned that the most. And we're going to talk about, you know, how we can value marriage in our modern lives and things like that. But I think one of the things that I've really learned is, man, marriage is a risk because it is this space where you say, I choose to proactively be selfless every day and for you to see every part of me. Mm -hmm. And I believe that you'll love me and I will love you. Mm. It's not contingent upon emotion. And that's a really yeah. interesting place to, to be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get a clear, I mean, this is a whole nother podcast basically really, but that we get a very clear picture of how God views love in, you know, chapters in the Bible, like first Corinthians 13, yeah. where it talks about, it has, where, where it, there isn't one time where it talks about feeling anything. No. When it describes the definition of what love is yeah. and what love isn't, yeah. it doesn't say in there anywhere, talks about feeling anything. Yeah. That's emotion. Right. You know, deep love is, a, is choosing, you know, and, and, and the deepest love is relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Because the, the, the deeper you fall in love with him, the more it unlocks the capability to love other people. Right. It's that, crazy. Uh, that, go be, that goes beyond the normal. Yeah. In terms of like, I didn't know I could love like this. When you say, if you hear that, when you hear that statement said by anyone, yeah, you know, often it's inspired by the Lord yeah. and, and, um, yeah, and you're right. It's, uh, lo loving the way God defines it is something that you see only in glimpses through the Bible until, well, obviously until Jesus shows up on the scene. Yeah. Then you see it on a whole nother level that no one's ever seen or has seen since. Right. Greater love has no man than this. That he lays down his life for his friends. Yeah, like you're never going to see greater love than what you're about to see. Yeah, when Jesus said that, you know what I mean. It's yeah. it's, um, but David being a shadow of of Jesus, um, you know there was a there was a such a great example of love and reconciliation and forgiveness there, when when he fails with Bathsheba, and it's funny because you don't hear much about Bathsheba in terms of what she feels about it all. Mm -mm. You know, there could have been a deep bitterness and resentment there with her. There could have been, you know, their, their marriage could have been awful forever after that. You know, um, Michal and David's marriage, no matter how much David honored Michal, Michal was embarrassed by how David acted yeah. in terms of his abandon in worship for God. Yeah, that's, and it, and yeah. the Bible records that she was barren the rest of her life because of that. It was yeah. like she doomed their marriage because of how she viewed God and, and viewed herself and her husband in terms of their royalty status. And it's like, you're embarrassing. You're humiliating me. Yeah. You should be more dignified than this. Right. And, and, and um, I, I really feel like if she would have given herself to abandon, you know, abandon worship like he did. Or just honor. Reckless like he worship did. like he did and honor like he did. Even, I, yeah. think, I think their dynamic would have been radically different. Yeah. It's like, know? it's like we, and I think that's kind of the point of, you know, sharing some practical ways that we can emulate his approach, David's approach to marriage, or just looking at scripture, looking at how, how God does it, how Jesus, um, their hearts are towards us. But again, having a real concrete example with David, mm -hmm. um, 
what does that look like? I think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It was first, it was, it's a found you have having that foundation of mutual respect, um, honor. And man, we could just talk about honor for an hour. Oh yeah, for Uh, sure. All these things, respect, communication, goodness gracious. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. don't we feel like we're talking to we're from two completely different planets um oh man yeah <laughs> and then support right but i think i don't know i think one of the ways in which that was again that was exemplified right was there was an an intentional choosing of i'm going to stick by your side or honor or own my mistakes or work towards mm-hmm. right so yeah, I mean both. What did you say both? Well, I'm agreeing with you. Both Ephesians five twenty two to thirty three and First Peter three seven both are you know chunks of scripture that where the Lord is giving mandates of how wives and husbands should treat each other. Yeah, and in both chunks of passages, it talks a lot about honor. Yeah, and they're really good. I always say this, but they're really good in the amplified version because it yes. makes like extra yeah. context. Mm-hmm. And when you're someone that needs specifics or likes that, it's good to have. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because both those chunks of verses are are straight from the the heart of the, of God. Yeah, like <laughs> like so many things that are hard to read in the Bible. Those verses are some of those verses that fall into that category often yeah. for a lot of married couples, and. And it's funny because we 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 will tell everybody when we're speaking in generalities that we believe that everything in the Bible is God breathed, right? But then we get to scriptures like that and we find ways to like loophole it mm-hmm. because especially like there's there's verses in there where it's like when it's talking about why a husband the dynamic between husbands and wives, especially the, the when you get to the word submit, yeah. Oh, women man. will not have that. I've like, had whole discussions with women. All oh, that. yeah. I mean, yeah. this breaks into whole arguments and everything here. This isn't talking about servanthood. No. Like, <laughs> the wife is to be a servant to the man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's talking about submission. Submission, a husband submitting to his wife and a wife submitting to her, her husband, from God's point of view, is selflessness. Yeah. Is what that means. Yeah. It's Jesus's mentality with everyone around him when he was on the earth. Right. It's... It's because I love you, yeah. I'll value what you want over what I want. Right. Unless it trumps what the father wants. Exactly. The father, what the father wants trumps your desire. Yeah. But until that moment comes, you'll come first in my eyes. Right. Like I'll put your needs above my own. That's submitting. Yeah. And it's, it's also too, I think it's, we get it confused for, you know, I just have to do everything he says, you know, yeah. as the world standards and it's, it's following not, orders. It's, it's not that way at all. It's Mm-mm. choosing to say, I trust you and I want you to lead us and I know you can and I believe that. Mm-hmm. Now, again, like you said, if that violates what God's saying to do, and it doesn't mean I have any less of a voice, any less of an opinion to give, mm-hmm. but if if it's like I am choosing this because this is, this is me leading the family and yeah. that's, that's that healthy submission. But yeah, I, I would say, I'll just real quick before we move on with, First Peter three. I'm just looking at that. First Peter three seven. Um, one part of it says it's saying, you know, in the same way, you husbands live with your wives in an understanding way. And then in, I love this part, and it says with great gentleness and tact, and with an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship. Um, then another part, you know, show her honor and respect 
as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. So yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of times, again, we tend to look at scripture and we look at things that are antiquated and it's, it's like, it's God's word is God's word. It doesn't change. Yeah. By the way, on a side note in that yeah. passage, it says it refers to the woman as the weaker. Yes. That always drives women nuts too. Yes. And, and if you look at the actual context of that verse, like the Amplified Bible breaks it down a little bit more, that passage, that line means the physically weaker of the two sexes. Yeah. yeah. Not weaker as a person, yes. not weaker intellectually or emotionally or psychologically, no. not less than a man. Yeah. It's just saying as the, as the frailer, physically frailer of the two. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why, saying. that's why. There are, we can talk about this forever, but there's, that's why there are two genders. That's why mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> God set it up this way on purpose. God had before a, yeah. we move on, I'll just say. It's almost like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say that when we operate in our roles as God intended, right? I've been a woman in a role that's manipulative and controlling and not honoring. And I've also seen men that are not operating as as a man should, mm -hmm. right? But it's so, for me, with you, babe, it's so attractive, it's so sexy, and it's so, I see God all over you and in you whenever you choose to lead us. And then I want to, It's there's that word, but I want to submit, I want to follow, I want, mm -hmm. and that, I think that's what we're trying to get at today. Yeah, I mean, is, there's a, I'll just share this. I remember sitting in church when I was a kid, um, in between my brother, my little brother on one side of me and my mom on the other side of me. And my dad went up front to speak. So he's standing in the pulpit. Church got a couple hundred people in the congregation. I don't even remember what he was up there speaking about. But my dad wasn't a preacher. Yeah. So it was unusual that he was up there. <laughs> yeah. And I remember my mom was just beaming. Oh. And I remember her telling me as a kid. I'm, I still remember this because it made such an impression on me. I remember my mom saying to me, there is nothing sexier than a man um, who's on fire for God. There's nothing sexier to a woman yeah. than when a man is like letting Truly. God use him. And, you know, and she, she told me to remember that. And I, and I remember it. I, and like, as I, your wife sits here and says that without. That's what made me think of it. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, uh, I remember that even when I was a kid, I didn't understand what that meant. And I remember that still left such a mark on me trying to uh, understand that, but at the same time, wanting, wanting to fulfill that in my life as an adult mm -hmm. somehow, you know? So yeah, it's a big deal. Men listen to that because, um, you know, if there's a problem of respect and honor in the home, it, you know, everybody's got their fair share of blame. Anytime there's something going on in the house between a husband and wife, it's very, very rare that the 100% of the blame is on one of the two parties. Absolutely. It's usually split between the two. Yeah, man. But if yes. there's a respect and honor issue, especially, you know, men, I, have to, I just want to say this to the men listening. Men, I want to encourage you to step closer into the Lord and into the anointing and honor Him in your household and humble yourself before the Lord. Because the more you honor him in your house, the more you'll be honored by default. God, God, God promises that in His Word that that is that the more you the more you honor Him, the more He honors you. It's yeah. it's a, it's a reciprocated thing. Jesus did it with the woman who 
broke the oil over his head. Remember? Oh, yeah. And un unsolicited abandon and love Scandalous. in that moment, humiliated herself. And Jesus told everybody in that house, he's like, for everywhere in the world forever, yeah. where my name is spoken forever, her story will be told. And, now, and here we are yeah. 2,000 years later, yeah. and we still know what she did. You, you know that you know what I mean. So there's there's something to be said about that. Um, I know that's hard for men because men want to dig in in pride and be like, "Well, the heck with that. I'm not going to go apologize." Yeah. The heck with that. I'm like, you know what I mean? She's wrong, and it's and it's like, and believe me, I can flip and relate to that. <laughs> but it's but it's you know what I mean. I I can relate not to relate to my wife being wrong. Well, you can. I can, but I but I'm also saying I can relate in terms of digging in in pride. Oh yeah, and not wanting to budge even when I because I'm just so convinced I'm right. Yeah, I could be handling a situation totally wrong. Yeah, and not wanting to make it right because I don't want to feel like I'm losing somehow. Yeah. yeah. So man. Anyway, let's and, move on. No, and I, you're right, and I think that that flows right into the next part of being able to choose to nurture emotional intimacy and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know maybe you aren't very in touch with emotions or maybe you don't aren't comfortable that there mm. but i can promise you probably those of you that are listening one of you is more emotional than the other mm. whether it's male or female yes sure. usually it's women but that's not always the case um we found in our marriage it's fascinates me how where there's some things where we're so similar on emotionally mm -hmm. and then there's other things where we're radically different sure but um but what i but that need to nurture our intimacy emotionally and be constantly willing to look at how we're loving each other. Are we meeting each other's needs? You know, again, it's he, you can't complete me the way God can. I can mm. never look to you to fill that void. Um, yeah. And, but, um, that it's a daily choice and it's that fight of, I'm going to bear my feelings and you, you get to process those with me mm -hmm. and see what that looks like. And we have to learn to, to say, Hey, you know, you're wired different than me. And it's, you're the only, you know, you're my other half. So that mm -hmm. means I need to learn how to embrace and honor and cherish and love this other half. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you could probably speak a little bit better to, to what you had written about David's transparency and, and his openness and how that can inspire us to foster those deeper connections. Well, yeah, I mean, a great verse to, to look at in terms of how David processed expressing himself is, is in, in the 62nd Psalms, Psalm 68, 62 verse 8. Mm-hmm where he says, trust confidently in God at all times, O people, pour out your heart before him. Mm. God is a refuge for us. I, David comes across to me, David always has come across to me as deeply emotional and very quick to just tell everybody what he's feeling. Yeah. I don't think David ever had a problem with being like, I don't know how to express myself. I think David, you know, if anything, David might have done it too much. Yeah. I, I wonder if sometimes when he was in the cave with all those unbelievably rugged manly men right for years on end if sometimes it made them uncomfortable it was yeah. like man is there anything you hold back man because i feel like you tell us everything yeah i get that impression yeah and there's there's something to be said about i mean intimacy is obviously important 
And when we're talking about intimacy, we're not talking about sex. Yeah. That's, that's how the world defines intimacy now. Right. Being intimate in the world's definition is yeah, we're intimate, sexual right. connection somehow. We've been, yeah, we've been intimate means that we just had, it was sex. That's strictly it. Yeah, right. Because the world doesn't understand what real intimacy is. Right. The world is superficial. Right. And so I know I went through my whole adult life afraid of intimacy. Right. And, and for those of you who are listening out there that have a real struggle with that, I don't know how to be intimate. It, it, it's always rooted in fear. And that fear is all usually rooted in the fact that you're afraid that if you open yourself up enough, people are going to see who you really are and they're not going to like it. Yeah, they're going to reject And that deep it. rejection is going to be so painful, mm-hmm. you're afraid that you can't handle it. Yeah. And so there's a lot of marriages out there even where the husband or the wife or both, um, they don't know how to be themselves, even in their own home with their spouse. Yeah. There's all this stuff that are holding back. There's all this stuff that they're hiding. And, and I got to tell you, there is nothing more freeing and nothing more, there's no bigger relief than living as a person who has nothing to hide. Yeah. Like if you, if you can air all those things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is supposed to be the point of why you supposed to be the point of the the vows you took in in getting married is I love you good bad and ugly yeah and I choose to stay yeah good bad and ugly you know um, the more you can do that the more freeing life is and yeah. the more freeing marriages because yeah. you're not you're not burning up energy hiding away right you know yeah that's why it's with us, I think one of the things to give a practical example of that too is we, you know, sometimes if there's an insecurity, we allow each other to openly talk about it mm-hmm. and to continue to talk about yeah. it. This and, bothers me and here's why. Yeah. You know, or, kind of you know, or if we need to hear things or know things mm-hmm. about each other and unless it's just going to cause pain to the other person and it's probing, right? But we've learned that like we both are different. We process differently, but I need you to be talking through this with me or sitting Mm -hmm. in this with me or letting me feel these feelings or meet me in this space. And it's incredible when you, even if you can't fully understand the person or your spouse and you feel, you know, frustrated or you just, the the point is just be saying, yes, I'm going to be here Mm -hmm. and I'm going to choose this moment with you is hundred percent. I know that's what Jesus does for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And David was, David was transparent like that all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's this, this is, I don't, there's no doubt in my mind that David was consistently the same person, no matter who he was around. Mm-hmm. And his wives saw him as that person. The mighty men saw him as that person. Israel saw him as that person. And God saw him as that person when no one was watching. That's yeah. why David was a man after God's own heart. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's, that's really good what you said. It's, um, the Lord's, the Lord's heart is un, unhidden from us. Yeah. He, he gives us everything all the time. He lays it bare. He lays it bare. Yeah. And, um, the least we can do is do the same. Yeah. Not just with him, but with each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think kind of the next point of another way, you know, what does it mean to have a mighty marriage today? Um, 
overcoming challenges or arguments or discussions, right, with repentance and forgiveness. And mm-hmm. repentance, I, we actually, you know, one of the things that you've helped me see and I've had to really, really work through is I'm so quick to apologize and mm. say sorry over and over. Um, but sorry without repentance, which means without changing the way you think and act, the behavior, it doesn't do anything, right? Sure. That's what true repentance is. Mm-hmm. But I think we we feel like repentance is just saying I'm sorry and then the, we get a punishment usually. Yeah. And that usually causes this disconnection and this distance. But mm-hmm. with repentance and what you've actually done, like as I, I think as a really good, you've done a really good job of is instead of when you bring something up, instead of you pointing it out so that I will apologize and you can say you're right or you win or whatever, even if I've ever thought that, what yeah. you're doing is saying, babe, I want to help you get to the root of this. Let's mm-hmm. invite the Lord to show us. Let's get freedom. Let's change this. And I want to understand mm-hmm. and then move on. And right. and that is what God does with us. That's honor. That's it's just completely different. So, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, you get a really good yeah. glimpse at you get a really good glimpse again of of how David viewed yeah repentance and forgiveness in Psalm fifty one yeah first first couple verses in Psalm fifty one where he's crying out to the Lord and and asking God to have mercy on him according to the Lord's unfailing love and blot out his transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin. David is like very quick to own his failures. Yeah. Like I'm conscious and, of my transgressions and I acknowledge them. Yeah. yeah. I think I think a big problem, in, I think what, what arises a lot of the time in marriage is that we will harbor grudges. Oh, man. We'll get hurt or wounded we'll allow by offense. each other. And then what will happen is we'll allow offense to creep in there. And the next thing you know, it turns into bitterness um, and resentment. And before you realize it, a year or two has gone by or longer, and you've just been fuming over this wound yeah, and held it against that, your spouse forever. And you may not have even realized that it's affected your your marriage, but dynamics in your marriage could have shifted and you don't even see it. Yeah. And it's and you're poisoning yourself hoping that they'll pay for it. Right. Was what's happening. Right. But the uh I think that's a big killer in marriages. It is. Um I we've known too many people, you and I both have known too many people in our lives over the years and, and even family members that there's like this deep resentment between them over yeah. something that you don't even know what it is, but it's like yeah, man, it doesn't even seem like they like each other. Like right. it's, and you know what I mean. It's usually deeply rooted in something yeah. that happened, and yeah. sometimes it may not even be that big, but it's yeah. become big, right? Because they can't forgive, right? Um, and um, again, we want to, say, and we can't stress this enough: forgiveness isn't based off whether or not the other person said "I'm sorry" or not. Mm-mm. Forgiveness is a choice you make, regardless of whether they apologize or not. Right. You have to choose whether or not you forgive and let it go, regardless of whether or not they say "I'm sorry." Right. And regardless of whether or not they repent, mm-hmm. right. forgiveness is your choice to make. Right. It isn't dependent on their choice. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And like what, and there's two things I'll point out is forgiveness doesn't excuse abuse. I, we always no. say that because mm-hmm. again, in the, I think in the church, there's a lot of weird doctrine around yeah. that. Man, mm-hmm. is there ever. Yeah. It's like, anyways. And then the other um, side of that is um, 
shoot, I forgot it. Well, if it comes back to me, I'll share it with you guys. <laughs> 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 uh, but that's one that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's that, you know, just with forgiveness, it's, um, yeah, it's going to, I think it's it's that, that what you had said earlier, or it came back to me, what you said earlier about, like if you if you know your spouse is in the wrong and you love them or you're willing to work towards it but they're just not willing or they're not getting it what you said earlier about if there's an issue of respect in the home do the same thing with mm-hmm. that like go get with the lord more spend mm-hmm. time with jesus more talk it out with him find scripture because it'll help you shift your thoughts, your actions, your mindset, your attitude mm-hmm. towards your your spouse, um, even if you are right, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So we can't emphasize this enough. Um, married couples, you guys need to be willing to seek forgiveness and then extend grace to one another. Mm-hmm. That it's, you, you, I, I mean, just to put it bluntly. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've utterly blown it. And then in a moment when I'm mad at, at Tori, I don't want to forgive her. Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit has to remind me, like, who in the world do you think you are? You just blew it yesterday or this morning even. Or you're blowing it right now. And who are you to say to withhold forgiveness ever Yeah. to anyone, let alone her? You know what I mean? And, it's, and I'm glad he reminds us of that. Yeah. Because it's, it's such a horrible place to get trapped in in that thinking. Where, where we, when we justify our lives in, in comparison to our spouses is a really dangerous thing. Well, especially and, as believers, I think it's really easy to forget. And it's hitting me right now. Just there's, you know, so I always ask the Lord for just convict me, like search my heart. Like David even says, it's that, you know, who are we to say that? Well, who are we to judge what we should and should not forgive when Jesus died for us mm-hmm. and said, your sins are forgiven and that's forever. Yeah. Everything ever. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, every time I'm reminded, every time, because Lord knows I, I, I mean, I have a long legacy. I've, I've left a long legacy behind me of just horrible failures as an adult. And every time God reminds me that those who have been forgiven much love much. Yeah. It, it's, it's always a refreshing. Yeah. It's weird. It's like, a, it's like everything that God does. It's a paradox. It's, it's a refreshing kick in the tail. Yeah. It's funny. It's like good and painful at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for that, Lord, but ouch, like that kind yeah. of thing. And it's like, who am I to not forever to not forgive people mm-hmm. with all I've done and you forgave me? Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so yeah, we just want to encourage you with that. Yeah. Um but moving on to the the last couple of things we really wanted to talk about. I think it goes without saying that cherishing and honoring one another is a must. Um, we've talked a little bit about that at the beginning of this thing, talking about honor. Um, read Song of Solomon uh, 1, 2, uh, Ephesians 5, 25 to 28. Um, it's, you know you're on the right track when you're looking for ways to demonstrate love and affection to each other. Yeah. If you can't remember the last time you've done that for your spouse where you've tried to find a way, even if it's something as simple as getting flowers when you're at the grocery store before you come home. And you know what I mean? Or, or stepping into the room and telling them how much you love them for 15 seconds. 
you know what I mean? It's even if I mean, those things seem small and trivial, but in marriage, nothing's trivial. No. And those efforts go a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to encourage you to do that. Find ways to honor each other. Find ways to show each other that they're cherished, that your spouse is cherished in your eyes. Um, the same way God does with us. Mm-hmm. Where there's just these moments that seem random in our lives where it's a moment where God's going, don't you know how much I love you? Yeah. Look at this. Look at what I'm yeah. doing for you right now in this moment. This yeah. is for you because I love you. Yeah. You know, um, it's such a big deal. And when we're blind to those things, we, we become blind to how to express it to our spouse. When we, yeah. When we don't see God doing it for us, then we don't know how to express that. Right. Um, but the, but the, really the last thing we wanted to talk about before we go is, is, is to seek God's guidance in marriage. Um, I think it's obviously an understatement to, 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 for us to emphasize the fact that, that seeking God's wisdom and guidance in marriage is, is a huge deal. And, it, and it's funny, it wasn't until, I, till, till Tori and I got married when we, were, we would start, we would, do, we would pray together and, and Bible study and do devotions together every morning. And I would listen to you ask the Lord to come into like every aspect of our marriage. You're inviting Jesus into our sex life. You're inviting Jesus into um, our like playtime. We're playing video games together and the Lord come and be a lo- the Lord of that stuff. And I, it's so crazy because I never even entertained the idea that that could be a thing mm-hmm. until I heard you pray those things. And it was just like, wow, that is so new to me. And then at the same time, I felt so so foolish that it was new. Like how how why was I why am I not doing that? Like it's so why is that why is that unusual to me? That should be the norm for me. And it is now. But yeah. it but I mean in the beginning of our relationship it was it was very new to me. And and so just having said all that we kind of wanted to to extend a challenge to all of you to do the same to yeah. Invite the Lord into every aspect of your marriage. Invite him into the bedroom. Yeah. You know, Lord, make, you know, sex is, by, by your design, sex is made for a husband and a wife. You know, so God, let that flourish yeah. the way you want it to flourish. Mm-hmm. You know, find, let us both find fulfillment in that on a level we never thought we could. Mm-hmm. Unhindered in the way that you designed it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the things that you enjoy to do as a couple, the things you do for for recreation, for fun, yeah. sports you might play, games you might play, places you might go, yeah. invite them into those things. Yeah, you know, um, like we talked about before, in, in one of the in one of our other prior lessons of the battlefield is God isn't a god of just of business. He's not a CEO. God's yeah. a god of adventure. Yeah, and He wants to have fun with you. And wants you to have fun with each other yeah. just as much as he wants you to fulfill the commission. Completely. It isn't that's life abundant to him is not you completing tasks. No. Life it's abundant is your deep joy. Every, yeah. in everything that you do and yeah. kinda, deep joy. Yeah. And and yeah, so it's whether that's literally just I think we like you said, he's not a hard taskmaster and sometimes it's just the littlest things of, you know what, like maybe let's find a scripture or let's mm-hmm. you know, let's just Ask the Lord just right now, hey, Holy Spirit, will you just highlight a way that I can we can talk better tonight or mm. whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but even too, it's like one 
how you can seek his guidance is find things to do together that brings you closer. It doesn't have to be so difficult. It can be minor, but I think it's just the, the point is that we're trying to get at is it's just the intentionality of if there's things I don't know about my spouse, how can I learn them? Let me, have me help me understand God. What tools are out there? What books, what resources, um, who, who can I talk to that knows my spouse? Like mm-hmm. just those little things is making the intention of truly grasping who that person is and spending that time loving on each other. Even if it doesn't come naturally to you, just the effort in and of itself is, is so, um, it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, and it really what we're saying is, is to try in, in that way you live out Proverbs three, five, and six, where when we all know this scripture, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but this is the key in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Yeah. So in everything, everything you do in terms of marriage, yeah. every aspect of it, acknowledge him in it, mm-hmm. I- invite him into it. He's already there and he's already a part of it. But the but God's also a gentleman. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and when he's when he's inv- invited, you know, there's a whole different level of blessing, a depth of blessing that can come. Yeah. In that, so again, we just want to encourage you in your own marriages. We want to encourage you to just embrace God's design, what He has planned for you in marriage, why He in- c- created marriage in the first place. And and to live in that value and cherish your spouse, uh, the way that that David did, the way that Jesus cherishes the church, the way that First um, Corinthians thirteen defines love, where it has no agenda, it keeps no record of wrong. Yeah, it's not selfish. It's it, uh, you know, and on and on and on. We encourage you to read that if you've never read First Corinthians thirteen. It's the love chapter of the Bible, but. Again, we hope this encourages you. We hope yeah. that you it, it motivates you in some new way yeah. to step into maybe a new area of of in your marriage that maybe you haven't before, or or visit an area you've left by its alone for you know yeah. for a long time and haven't visited in a while. Yeah, maybe you, there's complacency that's seeped in, and and it's like, man, I got to bring this stuff back to life. Yeah, you know, and, and we'll we'll be since you're part of our community, we're praying for mm-hmm. freedom and reconciliation and redemption and depth of intimacy and just adventure and passion and joy. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So yeah. thanks for listening, yeah. and we'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye, See, guys. See you later.